Welcome to Dental Brain Crafts. I'm your host, Chelsea Myers. And today I want to talk about your approach to creating safety in your environments. Now, as much as possible, these podcasts are intended to be active and experimental rather than knowledge accumulation. The main goal of these ideas is expansion because with increased awareness, understanding, and perspective, we're better able to connect with ourselves and others, impacting the achievement of high standards and ambitious goals. Now, when the stakes feel high, like intense workplace situations or groups of diverse identities and experiences, it can be daunting to approach critical conversations. So I want to talk about your approach first with yourself in thinking about these things and then with your teams and the people you work with. Not only about critical conversations, but in creating an environment that people feel safe learning and growing and developing in. So engaging in open conversations is a good example because in an environment that's perceived to be psychologically safe, it contributes trust and unity and collaboration, which is required for highly effective teams. Now, in order to nurture increased safety in your professional settings, you've got to operate with more effective thinking. And to operate from different thinking, you have to have new ideas to work with. Now, this section or this topic that we're engaging in will expand your mind and provide opportunities for new ideas to be developed and challenge, it is my goal to challenge your current capacity to to develop less familiar ideas. So as I'm talking today, I want you to think to yourself and answer these questions. What would you need to comfortably engage in a difficult conversation? And if you could pinpoint somebody or something right now that's especially trying for you, what do you need to comfortably engage in a conversation about those topics or with that person? What do you need to believe about your leaders and team members in order to do that regularly? So for in order for you to create a habit of engaging in potentially conflicting conversations or oppositional situations, what would you need to do that as a regular habit? Now, here's some other questions to consider. What are you currently doing that restricts increased psychological safety, both for you and the people you're around? And what are you doing that encourages others' restrictive behaviors? Now, let's talk for a minute about the term psychological contract. It's been used by researchers for several decades referring to an individual's belief regarding the conditions of an unwritten exchange and agreement between the two people or two parties. And these exist in all types of relationships, social, professional, personal Psychological contracts in a professional setting may include expectations about obligations such as compensation or job security, opportunities for advancement, training, development, job security, those types of things. 
Employees and employers also operate with expectations about communication, including their ability to access needed information and the safety to discuss concerns and the protection, this is important, the protection of confidential matters. So let's unpack those a little bit. Ability to access needed information. So when you're thinking about the information that you need to access on a regular basis, first of all, what is that information? How do you decide what you need to access? What do you need to be able to access it? Do you just need passwords and logins? Do you need the agreement of somebody else involved? Do you need there to be a conversation about what's expected so that the information is available? What do you need? Because in understanding what you need to access the information that you want and need to be comfortable in your professional setting, it can help you identify what other people may want or need to be comfortable performing to their highest level in their professional setting on their teams. And then what is your approach? So now that you know what those things are, what is your approach to getting it? And this becomes really important and we could go down a rabbit hole with it, which we won't. But when we feel like we have a legitimate need for something in order to do what we've said we're going to do in order to hold up our end of an obligation, either on a team, with an employer, or in a relationship of any sort, when it comes to something we believe we need, we sometimes handle that differently than something that's just a nice to have. So for example, somebody may become a lot more aggressive in their approach to getting something they supposedly need or believe that they need than they would be if it was just something that they could do without reasonably. So what is your approach to getting what you need? So many times I'm in conversations with leaders who become frustrated either with their lack of ability to access what they need or the efficacy in their communication of what they need. And sometimes it's not so much about what it is you need or even how you're going about getting it, but it's the energy that you're going about it with. So if someone comes at me and they're super aggressive about what they're wanting, it may not be what they want or even the words they chose to say, but it's the tone in their voice or the facial expression or the energy altogether that they're saying it with, that's a little bit repelling. So Consider your approach, and now we're going to switch hats and try and just employ a small dose of understanding if someone is coming at you with an aggressive approach or a repelling style of communication in order to try and access something they believe that they need. While we may not like the approach, and there may be some opportunity for coaching and discussion around that, What we can do is hopefully understand how important this must be to them and try and get underneath that. So if something is super important to somebody else and they really believe that they need it and they're coming at us in an aggressive fashion, what may be underneath that might not be something we want to squash. Or in other words, the driving force underneath that may be high value to us. It may be that they're so loyal to the commitment they made to fulfill a certain duty 
that they're becoming anxious about not having information that they believe they need to fulfill that duty. So we don't want to squash the loyalty. We don't want to squash the determination. We just want to coach the approach. And this is why personal development is so valuable in leadership, because the more we understand ourselves and the more we can look at things from different vantage points, the more we can understand the people we're leading. Because it's not likely that we're going to sit down and have a conversation with each of our team members about how our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions and our actions then create our outcomes. But what we can do is listen for what's not being said and ask really high quality questions to develop discussions that lend themselves to the changes and growth that we're hoping for and that our team members are wanting to develop in. So let's talk about um, safety to discuss concerns a little bit. Now, While we may all have our own individual ideas of what safe discussion environments are, there are some things we can collectively agree about that help us understand when something is and is not taking place in in our workplace. Here are a couple of things I'll share with you that in my experience and in working with lots of different leaders, have been some of the ingredients for some of the healthiest work environments. First of all, we want to give permission to our team members to speak candidly. And so we do that in a couple of ways. First of all, the way we position what we share either supports or distracts from the rapid and deep discovery of solutions. And by the way that we position things, We are modeling for the people around us what we're comfortable with and what we support in discussions. Second, we want to model adaptability, and this is really important. So we want to make a conscious effort to be aware of our emotional responses to things. And if necessary, we want to promptly rebound from any detrimental mindsets. I think this is important to talk about a little bit because Being adaptable does not mean that we don't feel something. It doesn't mean we're not disappointed, upset, frustrated, or anxious from time to time. But what we want to do is be aware of when that's happening so that we can also model how to get out of that or how to pivot from that type of mindset. So I'm not opposed to our team members seeing us experience some sort of emotional discomfort. However, I'm definitely a proponent of helping people understand how we work through that, especially team members who want and need to develop in those areas, which leads us really nicely to number three, which is to display optimism and discourage complaining. Look, big results require big thinking. You can't swim up and down at the same time and doubt fear, whining. These aren't attitudes or behaviors that are conducive to creativity and inspiration. And those are the types of things, the creativeness, the inspiring, the innovation. These are the types of things that are going to lead us to solutions that create the big results we want on our teams and in our organizations. So it's not okay just to walk away 
from somebody who's being pessimistic and whining and complaining. You've got to be a really strong advocate for the types of behaviors and attitudes that you want to see in your organization. And that's going to include candidly speaking, like we opened with about what's encouraged and what's discouraged on your teams. Now, this list wouldn't be complete if I didn't say something about egos. And we all need to take a moment to check ourselves from time to time. Probably the more often you check, the more aware you're going to be. But the point is that appearing right or smart or important, these are things that have to be left outside. Some people try and lead and let those attitudes live in the back seat. But here's the thing. Anything in the back seat is notorious for climbing into the front. And we don't want to lead with our egos. It just doesn't work. What we want to do is embrace healthy, high conflict with curiosity and a willingness to learn. We're not free from conflict. We're probably going to have a lot of conflict, especially if we want to have a lot of growth. And the only way for it to be embraced healthily is if our egos are dismissed. And lastly, I just want to say that we should accept in advance that not everyone is going to like each idea. You won't like all of the ideas you hear. I don't like all of the ideas I hear, but being able to sit in rich and engaging conversations where lots of perspectives are shared and lots of ideas are created and a bright future is formulated just from sitting with people who have different vantage points than me is one of the most exciting things I get to do on a regular basis. And I wouldn't change that for anything. I want those different ideas. I'm not going into those conversations expecting to like everything. And I think that if we just (laughs) stop looking at our life as some sort of social media post where we either need to like or heart everything we hear and see, then we'll become a lot more strategic thinkers and a lot more willing learners, opening ourselves up to the types of solutions that generate really unique and fantastic things. So as we're wrapping this up today, I'm just going to run through those one more time and I'm going to encourage you to commit to the one that you want to work on most this week. One, speak openly and plainly. Two, model adaptability. Three, display optimism and discourage complaining. Four, dismiss your ego. And five, accept that not everyone will like your ideas. What's your favorite? What are you going to work on? And how are you going to do that? I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire. (laughs) 